Uh, Joshua chapter 1, which is a book in the Old Testament, it says this in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I have promised to Moses. From the wilderness and to this and and and, and this uh, Lebanon, as far as the great river to the river the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going out of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And maybe you've never been in church before, but maybe you've heard this phrase, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or uh, right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all uh, according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." Verse 9, the Lord just reiterating, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Awesome. Why don't you join with me in this moment? Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is there to inspire us, but also to challenge us. To help us live the life, Father, that you would have us live, to become more and more like your son, Jesus. And today, Father, we just ask that you would open our hearts, that you would open our minds to the incredible words that are found in your word today, Father. God, I pray that every person in this place would encounter a sense of your spirit, that encounter a sense of your grace and your love today in this place. And Lord, we also, we thank you for this church, God. We thank you for the lighthouse in this community that, is, that it is already and what it will become. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, at the beginning of this year, uh, me and my family, we were down south. We were in Bustleton. Anyone been down south to Bustleton? Man, it was so weird when like we couldn't travel down south. It was like, hey, that's, that's my backyard. Like I should be able to go down to Bustleton. But we were down there at the beginning of this year. And uh, we were holidaying uh, from finishing up an amazing season uh, at Centerpoint Church, uh, a church south of the river. We were previously on staff there serving in the youth ministry uh, with Pastor Sharon and Pastor Joel. And uh, we were also kind of getting prepared for what we're doing here today, having a nice break, getting ready for what God was going to do in this amazing church. And uh, we knew that we were planting a church at the beginning of this year. Uh, but, but we'd also found out a few weeks earlier uh, that we were pregnant. We were like, oh, here we go. We're going to plant a church and we're going to have another baby. And so our second arrived only a few weeks ago. His name's Caden. He's somewhere. He's, he's sleeping. Amazing. My, my wife is an amazing woman. She's just incredible. Give me give a hand to my wife. She's just slaying. She's crushing it. It's amazing. And uh, so anyway, but back to me. But we're, we're in Bustleton and, uh, you know, we're going to plant a church and uh, this baby's coming, and as I'm on holidays, not really holidaying, but worrying about this year, 
about planning a church, about having another baby. Uh, I, I, I was sitting on my new father, kind of dad recliner chair, like a real expensive chair that kind of just really leaned back into. But as I was reclining back, I heard God say to me this. He said, Sam, will you trust me? Will you trust me? And uh, it, 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 you notice that it's actually a question. It's not, it's not a statement. God asked me, will you trust me? Will, will you put your life into my hands? Will you trust me with what's going to happen this year? And I thought about it for a moment. And I said, you know what? I am going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. You're going to do it. That you're going to do an amazing thing this year. That you're going to take care of my family. That all of this is going to come to pass. And in that moment, the stress and the anxiety of what I was worrying about soon left because I trusted what God had said. And that was all that I needed in that moment. The reason that it was all that I needed is because I've actually heard this voice before. I've heard this voice of encouragement. I've heard this voice of, it's okay, I'm here. As we just read in Joshua, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm with you wherever you go. I've heard this voice many times, this moment of invitation to say, hey, will you trust me? It's not demanding. It's not forceful. It's just saying, will you? Will you, will you allow yourself to trust me in this space? This morning, I want, to do, I want to do two things today. Firstly, I actually want to share with you the God story that is Disciple House and kind of share with you the journey that my wife and I have been on as we've just kind of been on this roller coaster of following God and, and what He's called us to do. But I also want to inspire you to live a life on purpose, to live a life where you can do amazing things for God. So here's the story of Disciple House. Way back in... 2014, which is not that long ago. I'll, I'll wait for the day where I can say way back in my day, but I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. But back in 2014, uh, my wife and I, uh, we, we were engaged at this point, and uh, we were actually invited to go lead worship at a youth camp. And we'd literally just kind of joined that, that church, and we're like, oh, cool, all right, we'll go lead worship at this youth camp. And we're, we're leading worship, we're hanging out with the young people. And as kind of the, the camp went on, there was this uh, guest pastor. Um, some of you may know, may know him, Pastor Teo Konda. He was over here and ministering at this camp. And uh, he actually turned to Esther because Esther just finished uh, leading worship. And uh, he actually gave this prophetic word. What's a prophetic word? We believe that people can actually hear the voice of God and impart the heart of God to people. And so this pastor said to Esther, hey, I just want to let you know. And it was this real short phrase and it was so profound. He just said to her, Esther, there's a church in you. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yes, of, of course. But for Esther, it was something so amazing. It unlocked this incredible uh, thing that was going on in her mind and her heart. She, the re she began to realize the, the reason why she was wired the way that she was wired, why she thought certain things. And it really awoken the call of God in her life. And so a few months later, honestly, we, we didn't chase this, but a few months later, we were actually appointed to be the youth pastors of that church that we just kind of volunteered uh, at that youth camp. And uh, we actually had a beautiful time at that church, seeing so many young people being saved. And in fact, there's actually a few young people who, have, who are now in this church today from that season where we're able to serve in that youth ministry. And it's so amazing to reconnect with these uh, young guys that we've done a bit of life with in the past. Uh, but when I first um, started at this church, uh, I was only um, put on for, for three days. Again, if, you, if you're unsure of kind of the, the church context, when you, when you work in a church, you don't go into full-time straight away. You kind of start on one day, maybe get two or three, and you, you kind of work a, another job on the side. And at this time, I was working three days for this, for this church, 
And uh, Esther and I, we actually had this uh, film business that we were running. And it was actually quite incredible. This, this film business really kind of took off and it really accelerated quite quickly, um, in, you know, in, in kind of business terms. We were taking a wage from this business way before you, normally that you would do that. But God, his hand was just on this business. It was multiplying, was doing many incredible and amazing things. And uh, so our life was serving at youth on Friday nights. It was getting up at six in the morning, filming a wedding from six till midnight, and then Sunday morning church, serving in church. And we loved that. That was absolutely incredible. But one day, after starting this, uh, this film business only 18 months ago, we had all the gear, we had all the things that we needed to, we were really kind of setting ourselves up for the future. We had all these regular clients and all of this sort of stuff. Again, I, I heard that voice and it said, hey, Sam, you, you need to lay this business down. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me, Lord? Like, no, no, this is a good balance going on right now. You know, like, I'm able to work a couple of days and do a bit of filming and all that sort of stuff. And I, I went to Esther and said, hey, I feel like this is what God's saying. And, uh, and at the time, we were both kind of a bit apprehensive about it and we're tossing it up. I'm like, wow, God, is this you? But after a couple of weeks of kind of really kind of going, is this God? Isn't this God? We are like, you know what? This is God. And we actually came to this moment where I walked into the room that Esther was in in our house. I said, babe, we've got to do this. We've got one life to live and we've just got to trust God that when we hear his voice, we've just got to go for it. We've just got to answer it. We've just got to go for it. I went to work the next day at church and my senior pastor came up to me and he said, hey, Sam, can I, can I sit you down? I, I want to have a conversation with you. And he began to just kind of explain to me that he, he said, literally, I, I, I want to put you on full time at the church, but I don't know how you're going to do it with this film business. So I can't understand how that's going to kind of all work out. The next day, and once we decided in our hearts that we were going to lay that down, God began to move on our behalf on the other end. And it was this amazing journey, again, of just trusting that voice, leaning into that voice and saying, you know what, I'm going to trust that. We're going to lean into that. Again, after a few years of, uh, of journeying in that church and serving in that church, a few years after that kind of coming on that full-time basis, uh, we, we heard the voice again. <laughs> and the voice said, hey, it's actually your season here is finished at this church. And again, if you're not sure of kind of how um, the church thing kind of works, you know, if, you, if you've got a full-time job in a church, you don't let that go. That's, that's the dream. It's like, we're here. We're, we're, this is awesome. Like, we're, we're about to do amazing things. And like, yes, praise God. And we worked really hard with the business to kind of like help it and make sure that it was going. And, and now God's saying, hey, you just need to, again, there's something that you, you need to lay down again. And we were like, wow, all right. And again, we kind of wrestled with that. And we were like, kind of like, wow, what's going on here? But again, we knew that voice. We knew that leading and we knew that sense of peace, as the Bible says, even though there's a lack of understanding in the moment. The Bible says that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. So we met with our pastors and we said, hey, this is what God's saying. And then we kind of started a six-month transitional period at that church. Um, we, uh, we, we finished up there and we literally had nothing to go to. It was just a full step of faith. It's like, God, what, what do you... Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? For that whole six months, I'm, I'm applying for a job. I'm applying for a job. I'm applying for anything. Kind of four weeks out of finishing out of that season, I got nothing. I even applied at Macca's. They wouldn't even accept my CV. I was like, God, I just need something. And we're like, God, what's going on? And we're in this overpriced apartment. And we're just like, God, like, what the heck's going on here? And to kind of make matters worse, like we heard the voice to kind of lay that down. But as soon as we were obedient and stepped out in this moment, the voice went silent and, and we we're praying 
and we're fasting and we're like, God, what's going on? What are you doing? Uh, Esther wasn't working. She, she, was, um, she was still in uni. And so, you know, previous to that, we were living off what I was working on. And now we've just got nothing. We're in this overpriced apartment and we're just like, what is going on? So we kind of made the decision. This is all going to make sense in a moment. I'm telling you this long-winded story. It's all going to come together. It's all going to come together. We, we decided, we're like, all right, well, if, nothing, if nothing's happening, we may as well just start this business, the film business up again. Uh, but at this time, we're, we're going to do a different name. We're, the last name was all right, but we're going to do a different name. And we're like deliberating. We're like, okay, this or that. And we, we arrived at this name called the North River Film Co., it's because we, we bleed the north of the river. We just, we love the north of the river. We're all about it. It was, it was kind of at the time where like, where like Fremantle was kind of getting cool against. Everyone's like, oh, like Frio, Frio. And we're like, no, no, north of the river, north of the river. So we're going to start this thing called the North River Film Co. And we said to God, we're like, hey, Lord, you've, you've, you've been pretty silent, but it's okay. We're going we're gonna to start this business again. And we said to God, we said, God, we're going to go for this. And if this is you, and if this is what you're wanting us to do for the next few seasons, green light it. Just, just, just let everything come to us, let it, let it all fall into place. But if it's not you, red light this. Like, and really, honestly, red light this decision if this is not of you. And so a week later, I actually got a phone call from Pastor Joel. And Pastor Joel called me and said, hey, Sam, I don't know what you're up to right now, but we actually have this position going Centerpoint Church and we're just wondering if maybe that you would join that and if you don't know where Centerpoint Church is it's not north of the river it's south of the river and it's not starting a business it's like hey come on two days come south the river come and come and join this thing and it was this real moment where it was like okay we've had our red light moment and we've had another green light into another season. And so we drove for hours. It was a long, long drive. No, it wasn't a long drive. It wasn't hours. We just, we just drove 45 minutes down the road. And we started this incredible journey uh, at Centerpoint Church. And uh, honestly, we had the most amazing years at Centerpoint Church. And we're so thankful for them. And uh, there's so many stories that I could tell, but I'd run out of time and you'd be throwing things at me to kind of finish off this morning. Uh, but the main reason that God had brought us to Centerpoint Church is because Centerpoint Church is a church planting church. And it was this whole journey of obedience that God said, hey, lay down here so I can plant you here so that I can then in the future plant you into what I have called you to do. The really amazing thing about Pastor John and Pastor Sharon was that uh, they were just so open and honest with us and said, hey, well, what do you feel like's on your life? And we we're just able to just be honest and say, we feel like we're going to plant a church someday and with no, no sense of like, oh, no, no, you're going you're gonna to stay here forever. They're like, no, if that's, if that's what God's called you to do, we're going to make that happen. And if, uh, if you ever kind of feel like that time's coming, just let us know. And so we started at that church in 2018. And in the beginning of 2020, uh, before COVID, before we kind of knew what all of that was, literally it was just that last thing on the news at the end of the news. It was the two-minute thing that was happening somewhere else. We again, we heard that voice and that voice said, Sam, it's, it's, it's time. It's time to go and plant that church. And so we met with Pastor John, Pastor Sharon, when you were allowed to have five people in your house. And we were like, we're like, no, no, we're not hugging. We're not shaking any hands. It's like, oh my gosh, all this sort of stuff. And we began to tell them that, hey, we're going we're gonna to plant this church. And this is what we're really sensing God saying. And, and, and they said, you know, we're sensing this as well. God's timing is now. We're going to see an amazing thing happen. And they're like, where are you going to plant? 
And uh, the amazing thing is, with complete confidence, we were able to say, we're going to plant in Warwick. It wasn't like we kind of like closed our eyes and we're like, oh, we might plant here. Now, the amazing thing was that God actually, during our time at Centerpoint, I actually had two dreams. And he like, Sam, I dreamt last night. That's awesome. For me, I don't dream. My head goes on the pillow and I wake up. That, that's life for me. I, I'm like a log. It's just like I'm out as soon as I, But when I have a dream, I know it's significant and I know it's got a purpose to it. And uh, one of those dreams that I had was that I was actually uh, in this Warwick area. And, and this is going to sound really weird to you, but this was deeply impacting to me. I was actually floating a kind of in bird's eye view around this area of Warwick. And I knew that I was floating with God, that God was taking me on this tour of all the buildings, of the whole suburb, of everything. And whenever we went to a door that was closed, it just opened. It just suddenly opened and all these doors in, in the community started to open and the dream kind of ended. And as I woke up, the Spirit of God said to me again, that voice that said, I've given you this area, this, this land for you to do what I've called you to do. And you have favor in this region and in this city. And so we had these dreams, we had this confirmation, and now it's time to, to step out in faith and say, you know what, okay, we've, we've got the green light to go and we know where we're going to go, but how are we going to do this? How is this going to come to pass? And kind of the reality of working out how are we going to raise finances to see this thing happen? And also we're living south of the river, Esther's working south of the river. It's like, how is this all going to happen? And again, it was another opportunity for us to stay in faith, to pray and to believe that God was going to make a way. For our kind of our home situation, we actually said to God, we said, God, if this is of you and this is what you're wanting us to do in this season, uh, we, we need you to miraculously provide for us a home. You need to make it happen. And uh, previous to all of that, we, we would just been renting for our whole marriage and kind of putting away as we could, but we wouldn't, didn't really have a whole lot. We said, God, we just believe that you can do it. You can make it happen, that it would be confirmation that we're meant to be in this area. We don't want to just kind of maybe rent in this area. We want to say, we're here. We're here. We're in the region. This is it. We're here for life. This is what God's calling us to do. And so kind of after a few months of praying and asking God to move in this way, we actually had a friend call us. And they had no idea about the church plant. They had no idea that this is what God was saying and speaking to us. We'd only kind of told Pastor Joe and Pastor Sharon and a few others that this is what we're going to do. And this friend said to me, hey, um, I don't know why, but God's just actually telling me to give you finances to help you buy your first home. And it was just this incredible moment of confirmation that this is what God is wanting to do through us and in this community. So then we turned to, right, okay, cool, awesome. Thank you, Lord, this is all sorted. The next thing was like, how are we going to raise these finances for, for this church? Because I'm telling you, these things, these curtains, they're not from Spotlight. You know, these things, they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be fire graded and all this sort of stuff. Anyway, anyway, things cost money to be able to put on an amazing moment for people to encounter God. And so we're like, all right, again, another moment to trust the voice, another moment to, to lean in and to pray. And so we're like, we need to kind of raise X amount. And it's like, we've, we've never even had X amount ever in our life. That That's just, whoa, okay, how are we even going to do that? And so again, we started to pray, started to believe God. And another friend called us and said, hey, uh, once we had announced that we're planting the church, they said, hey, when I was watching your video promo for your church, God instantly told me that I need to give to your church. And uh, whatever you need, you tell me. And I was like, oh, Geez, what do I say? <laughs> like, what do I do? Uh, long story short, this family gave us 
dollars to see this church come to pass, which was a significant portion of our budget to kind of launch this church. And again, it was God's confirmation that he's on this. This is what God wants to do in this city, in this community, in every single house, in, this, in, in, in the suburb here, wanting to hear a message of hope, to hear the message of Jesus. You know, there's so much that I could have told you throughout that journey of seeing God do amazing things. And please, I don't tell that story to, to, um, to kind of um, uh, pump me up or, or anything like that. Actually, quite the opposite. I, I want to tell you how good God is and what He did. Because the first thing that I want to share with you today is that this church is not man's idea. This church is God's idea. This was not the idea of man. It actually all started with God. It was God that spoke to that guest speaker, Teo to release that word, to say, hey, one day there would be a church that you would plant. It was God that spoke to us to lay down the business. It was God that spoke to our senior pastor to put us on full time in that space. It was God that told us to move on. It was God that closed the door of the North River Film Co. and told us to you know, move on down there. And it was God that told us during COVID, I mean, like, what are you even doing? Anyway, that it was time to plant the church. It was God that spoke to me through dreams that this would be the place that God's house would be established. And God miraculously provided for us personally and also so that we could, in this church, so we could see amazing things happen. Church, this, this church, this community that we're, we're just starting to see come to fruition, it's not man's idea. God's, God's had his imprint on this the entire time we've we've not navigated things we've not tried to make things happen we've just heard the voice and we've been obedient to what that voice is saying and seeing what could happen as we are obedient to see God do amazing things you know the Bible says that God builds his church and it like obviously people kind of do the work and do the ministry but it's God's spirit it's God's anointing it's God's provision it's God's authority that rests on that church to see that thing grow thrive and do amazing things and it's this idea, it's this amazing thing actually that when you realize that it's not man's idea that this church would, would function and would operate, but that it's God's idea, it's both equally releasing, but also equally humbling. Releasing in the fact that God's going to do it. God's going to make it happen. That, that, that any impossibility that we face in our church community, God's on it. It's going to be okay. God's going to see us through that season. But also equally humbling because it's like, this is God's idea. We better do a good job. <laughs> we better make sure that this actually comes to pass in the right way. You know, this morning, I want to answer this question. Why, why, why should we plant another church? Why should we see another church be planted in this community? Why, why should we plant another church right next, to, next door to another church? Like, what, why should we do that? We're going to throw up some stats on the screen uh, right now. And, and this is why we need to plant another church in this city and in this region. Now, these are the stats from our last census that we saw. And this was the uh, non-religious box, the new box that was put into the census that people were able to tick. And here are the stats for um, Australia, WA, and then broken right down into Warwick and into Greenwood, which is another suburb right next to us. The reason that we need to plant another church, the reason that God has called us into this region, into this area, is because of the 6,000 that is in this suburb and in the next suburb over to us that don't know Jesus, that, that don't know that, 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 that there's hope available, that don't know that there is someone who is all-loving, 
that is someone that is all graceful, that he is the way, that he is the truth, that he is the life, that God is not some angry person that wants to zap everyone. Quite the opposite. He's, he's someone that wants to embrace everyone, that wants to heal, that wants to set free, to, that, that sin wouldn't weigh on people's shoulders anymore. Jesus dealt with that over 2,000 years ago, that when someone begins to follow Jesus, all of that weight, all of that guilt, all of that shame can come off in an instant as someone gives their heart and gives their life to Jesus. Why does God want this church? Why would God speak to us about planning here? It's, it's for these people. It's for these people. And, and 6,000 people, wow, that's, that's, that's a big vision. That, that's a big heart. But we believe that God can do it. If, if God's on it, God will make it happen. God will see it through in Jesus' name. The second reason I, I share that story with you this morning is because I, I want to I challenge you with this and I want to inspire you with this. It could be your story. That journey of hearing the voice and leaning into God could also be your story. You might not plant a church. Maybe you're going to plant a church. That'd be awesome. We want to help you plant a church. We want to see more churches planted in our city. But I say all that, all of that to say this. You can know and you can live out your God purpose in your life. You can know the God calling. You can know your ultimate purpose. As Esther and I have navigated the seasons of trusting the voice of God and leaning into it and now stepping into what we feel like God has called us to do, I'm telling you that you can do that as well. It might not look like church planning. It might look like even what you're doing right now in this season, but realizing that God could be on it, that God could be multiplying whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, that God could see amazing things happen through your life, that that could be your story, following the voice, leaning into what God's wanting you to do. And I tell you what, I reckon the way that we're going to reach this world, the way that we're going to see many people come to know Jesus is, is more churches, yes, but churches filled with people who are living on purpose, filled with people who are listening to the voice of God, filled with people that are willing to maybe even lay some things down in order to take that journey to see where God might take them. You know, the, the, there might be some things that you might need to lay down, but I'm telling you, as you heard before, when you lay it down, God's going to see it through. God's going to see amazing things come to pass in Jesus' name. I want to finish today with three ways that you can kind of uh, that you can step into your God calling, because it's a, it's a that, that's a big statement, living living that God call out in your life. It's it's a big statement, but it's actually highly practical. There are so many ways that you can actually step into the God calling uh, that He has on your life. The first one is this: you want to position yourself to hear God's voice. You know, at the beginning of the message, we read about Joshua. And uh, he's about to step into a, a big part of his life. Really, really what kind of how, why God made him, why put him, why God put him on that earth at that specific time in that specific region. He was going to lead the people of Israel across the Jordan into the land that God had promised for them. And Joshua one one says this: After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said, and this was Joshua's indication that it was time for him to step into what God had called him to do. You know, if you're going to step into the call that God has on your life, you need to position yourself to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, in, in previous uh, books, in, in, in one just before that, it actually said of Joshua that he lingered in the tent of meeting. 
that he waited on the presence of God, that he waited on the voice of God. And so when, when God spoke in this moment in Joshua 1.1, he knew that voice. He knew what that voice was. He knew how that voice would speak. He knew how that voice would lead. And so if we want to be a people who are living out that God calling on our life, we need to be people who position ourselves to hear the voice of God. Secondly, we want to be people who commit to the process. Again, Joshua 1.1 says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant. If you're not sure who, uh, who Moses is, Moses is one of the key characters in the Bible. Uh, he's the one who actually heard from God uh, the, law, uh, the, the, the law that the people of Israel would live. And to be honest, a lot of the things that we outlive today in our Western society are based on what Moses heard from God and has then been outworked into our community and through him to his community. And he was the one that led the people of Israel out of slavery and into their freedom and then Joshua was taking over in this moment to take them into the next land. You know, Joshua, as we said before, was someone who lingered in the presence of God. But he didn't just linger all the time. He was actually practical about stepping into the God call that was on his life. And he was Moses' assistant. And so this point of committing to the process, if you, if you want to step into the God call that's on your life, it, it is, yes, waiting on the voice of God, but it's doing everything practical that you can do to actually step into that God calling to see amazing things happen in your life. Here's the truth. God always, I don't, I don't always say these always statements, but God always journeys people through a process. You look at any Bible character, if you ask someone next to you, there's always a journey. There's always a purpose. Sometimes there's a pit. Sometimes there's a palace. Sometimes there's all these things that God is doing, that God's speaking, that God's using you. And today, if you're in the process and you're like, I, I know that I'm in the process, come on, just, just know that He's building character in you. He's building character in you that's going to be able to sustain you for that season. He's using that environment to build into you that which you need for that season when you enter into what God has called you to do. And He's also doing a deeper work in you. And for me, there were many times, as I shared before, that I was like, God, what are you doing? And in hindsight, I look back now and I was like, you knew exactly what you were doing. You knew exactly what you're doing. At times it was like, man, are you God? Like, do you know what you're doing? Do I need to come let you know how to do things? You know, like, it's like God knew exactly what we needed in exactly every season, every situation. And now we're here today, again, not, not because, of, because of our effort, but because of following the voice and the prompting of God to fulfill what He's called us to do. And if Carl could come up, that would be amazing. My last point this morning is this. How do you walk into the God calling on your life? Number three, want to open your heart to trust God. Open your heart to trust God. Joshua 1.9 says this, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, for Joshua to fulfill the call that he was called to do, he needed to trust God. And it's the same for you. That when God speaks something to you and that when you've been faithful and obedient to do everything practical that you need to do to see that thing out, the next thing that you need to do to sustain that season is to just trust God. If it's a valley, that's a valley, opposite way. If it's a valley, trust God. If it's a mountaintop, trust God. 
See through that season. Don't, don't, don't waver to the left or right as the previous verses said. Continue to stay steadfast into the call and the voice that God is leading you with. You know, the truth is God will most likely ask you to do something that will seem daunting to you, that will seem way out of your comfort zone, way out of your ability level. I'm putting my hand up this morning. But He will do that because as He does the work through you, it's not you that gets the glory. It's God that gets the glory. Because people say, man, how is Sam doing that? It's not Sam. It's the Lord. And I still will let you know that. It's not Sam. It's the Lord through Sam doing amazing things and obviously the same for Esther as well. You know, I think beyond ability and talent, God wants your yes. God can actually do more with a yes than He can with a no with ability and talent. If you've got ability and talent, but you've got a no, you've got an untrusting heart, God can't do much with you. But maybe you have a lack of ability in some area. If If God's got your yes, something amazing is going to happen in that space in Jesus' name. I said this at the beginning. God said to me at the beginning of this year, would you trust me? It was an invitation. It was a moment to say, you know what? I'm not going to worry about this anymore. I'm going to lean into God and see Him do an amazing thing. That was January. We're here now in the kind of the last days of October. Look what God's done. God's done an amazing thing. As we lent into the voice, as we lent into trusting God that He would see not only me and Esther go through this well and okay, but that this church would thrive, that God would do an amazing thing in our community. You know, church, I want to ask you this. What's God called you to do? What's God called you to do? I believe that every single one of us have a unique calling on our life. You know, one of the things that you will hear hear most here at Disciple House is, is what's God called you to do? And how can we help you fulfill that God calling on your life? We're Disciple House. We want to build a house of disciples, people who are on mission, living on purpose, living, following that voice, following and and, and outworking that call that's on their life. And today I want to ask you this, what has God called you to do? Maybe you don't know what God's called you to do. And in a moment, I'm actually going to pray that maybe God would reveal that to you because He will. If you have an open heart, if you have a trusting heart, He will reveal that to you. How will God get glorified through a trusting yes? How will God shine in your community as you begin to trust Him and say, yes, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to lean into that voice. I'm going to lean into what you're saying and what you're doing.